This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet wellness and raw feeding advocate. I will tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life, and that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your for help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Gerada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a foodie, a tea drinker. She's originally from Oregon, but currently lives in Washington State. She shares her life with her four dogs, Rodrigo, Scout, Zoe, and Apollo, and a cat by the name of Cosmo. She also shares her life with her better half and best friend. She's the author of A Novice's Guide to Raw Feeding for Dogs. She's the creator behind the Keeping the Tail Wagging blog, which focuses on raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. She's the co-host to the wonderful Girls with Dogs podcast and her name is Kimberly Gautier. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much. That's so, I didn't realize I had so much on my resume. I'm sure you have plenty more. That was what I came up with to keep it short. It's so good to have you on the show. I followed you for years. Thank you so much. This is so, I'm like so excited to talk to you. This is fun. This is going to be awesome. I am not a raw food feeder, but we're talking about dogs today specifically. So raw dog food feeder, but I do know a thing or two about raw dog food because I did feed in the past. Uh, my dogs had like a DIY raw, raw, but I have binged your entire channel this week. I have listened to your podcast and oh my goodness, I don't know half of what I thought I knew. <laughs> Before I started listening to your channel, you are a wealth of information and we're going to get into that. But first, I want to introduce our drinking game. So anybody participating in our drinking game today, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is Rodrigo. Make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying, but please be 21 and over in the U.S. to participate. Never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So what are you drinking tonight, Kimberly? I am drinking a mixture of a punchy drink 
with black tea, with ice, and a little shot of Captain Morgan. Nice. So there she brought the tea into it. I love that. I feel like tea does not make it into cocktails enough. I love tea myself too. I feel I'm like huge into tea. I love it so much. And once it hits a certain o'clock of the day, depending upon how I'm feeling is what that o'clock will be. A little <laughs> bit of, of rum goes into my tea. I love that. I need to start trying some tea, <laughs> boozy tea recipes. I love that. So I'm actually having a an elderflower lemonade vodka cocktail, which I don't know. Do you shop at TJ Maxx? No, you don't. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. I've never Do even not- been inside of a TJ Maxx. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's like my, my vice. I can only <laughs> allow myself to go there like once every quarter because I end up like filling my cart. So this week I was at TJ Maxx and I found this nice little mixer. Oh. It's like a little carbonated drink. It's elderflower lemonade. Um, basically like a soda, right? So I just added a little vodka to it and a lemon slice and I have a cocktail and it's delicious. (laughs) Once you add ice to a cocktail, it just makes it look so official. Yes, it's perfect. I got a new glass to show it off too. So thank you so much for being on the show. Here's to you. Cheers. Here's to you. (laughs) I know I look like an alcoholic. But this keeps it cold. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, of course. I actually have you. I know you're a fellow housewives fan. So I have a little insulated tumbler that says the real housewives of El Paso, because that's where I live. And that was my birthday present for my 40th birthday. It was in the middle of the pandemic. I had a Bravo themed 40th birthday party. Nice. And I dressed up as Lisa Vanderpump. Well done. And all of my guests had to do something Bravo related. Oh man. I would have come as Garcelle because she is my favorite. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's such a queen and she's so beautiful. And she's basically running Real Housewives. I know. I love her so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If it wasn't for her, this season would be a complete like. like, She should get a bonus check for producing because she did a good job. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to dig into why you are the queen of raw food uh, for dogs. I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah, eight and a half years. It's been 10 years for the blog, but yes, you're, you're about to celebrate a an anniversary. So do you have any plans for the anniversary? I have no plans. In fact, I'm going to send an email to a few friends and just go, so what do you guys think I should do? Or just do a Google, what should I do? Because I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't do giveaways because they're boring and a lot of work, but I want to do something fun for a lot of people that people can participate in. So I was thinking of maybe doing something similar to, um, what's that thing, March Madness? Where okay. people do the, and I thought I'd do something similar to that, but related to raw feeding. We'll see. A game is always a good idea, especially on this show. And my first game today is actually called Raw Rebuttal because I am going to tell you what people kind of say, the reason they give when they say, I don't feed my dogs raw. And I want you to give me a good rebuttal for it. Okay. okay. And just so that you know, I actually sourced this information or these, these reasons from my pet sitters, Facebook group, pet sitter place. I used to be a pet professional pet sitter. I had a professional pet sitting business in Northern Virginia. I started a pet sitters group ages ago, and I knew that those people in there, they are dedicated to their dogs. And if they could feed raw, they would, but these are all the reasons why they won't. Okay. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Let's bring it. 
All right. The first and most popular reason, which I'm sure is not going to be a surprise to you, is cost. What is your rebuttal? Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> so I'm going to put it out there. I know that there are a lot of people out there that'll tell you a bunch of stories to get you to change your mind. And no, it's not that expensive. No, it is expensive. And it's a reality. Some of us, and I'm in the some of us camp, are lucky enough to live in an area with a raw food co-op so we can save money. I also have a garage and an extra freezer so I can buy things in bulk. And that helps me save money as well. But the vast majority of people don't have access to all of this or space to store things in bulk, let alone the budget to buy things. And meat is going up in price. So yeah, ultimately, I found that it was cheaper for me to feed raw than to feed kibble simply because with raw, I don't have to deal with a bunch of veterinarian appointments that I had to deal with when my dog was fed kibble. So, but you know, when you look back, if I didn't have all the resources that I have here where I live, I don't know if I would be feeding raw. I might just be feeding a mix of kibble and fresh food because when you look at the prices around the country and around the world, you know, it's, I don't think it's fair to just say raw feeding is cheaper, period, because for a lot of people, it's not. Right, right, right. So your blog is full of resources, but do you by chance have any resources on like starting a raw feeding co-op? I do. I have a blog post and it's one of those where this is what I would do if I were to start a raw food co-op. But the couple, and I actually ran it by the couple and that ran, they used to run the co-op here. And I was told that although it was a good start, I made it look a lot easier than what it really is. Okay. And I think once you add in people to the mix, that's when things get a little more complicated because, you know, everyone has an opinion, but mm -hmm. um, it's about who you know. And if you have the time to do it, you can do it. Well, you know, a lot of people in different areas are already involved in like pet specific groups. So it might be an easy thing to do like an offshoot of, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of if I'm already in like a Rottweiler group, a local Rottweiler group, maybe I, you know, start like a raw fed Rottweiler group offshoot. So just something yeah. to consider if cost is your concern, people. And then the next one you mentioned it already is storage. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't have a place to store and, or they can't, um, people don't know what to buy to store because there's the stand-up freezers, there's the chest freezers. And then of course, what size of freezer do you need? And do you need to have a, um, a side refrigerator? So just to be clear, I have four big dogs and a cat. My cat eats freeze dried, so his stuff isn't in the freezers. I do have two dedicated freezers and I have a dedicated fridge. I spent less than a thousand dollars on all three. I didn't buy them all together. But here in Western Washington, in a city called Snohomish, there is a lovely place called the Appliance Recycling Outlet. And it is my heaven. And I was able oh. to get, you know, floor model freezers that they refurbished. And I was able to get them at a fraction of the cost as I would if I went to the store. So that's how I was able to afford that. And so if you are looking for ways to cut corners back to the first question with raw feeding or find ways to store things, start looking for places where you can get stuff secondhand. That's where you're gonna be saving the money. Also, chest freezers, just FYI, they blow. They really, really do. Because once everything freezes over, you don't know what you have in there. So unless you are a magical Jenga organizer or you keep a list of what you have in there, go for the standup. Very good tip. So the next one is prep time. Who has the time? <laughs> no, this is so true. When I was first 
doing rock, doing DIY rock. It would take me 10 hours to do meal prep. And by the end, I was in tears. My entire body ached. I got one of those compression mats to stand on because it took so long. And um, they did not help because it's not like I was standing in that one spot. <laughs> I mean, I'm moving all around. I had a really crappy meat grinder because, you know, I, I thought I was getting a good one. It was 150 bucks. <laughs> no, it was not a good one. So that took a long time. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And um, I learned that you get what you pay for when you invest in things. When I finally bit the bullet and bought myself a really good meat grinder, which I bought several years ago, probably five, six years ago, and I just replaced this year. Um, and then I bought the exact same one and I love it so much. I went from 10 hours to two hours max. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like, because that meat grinder was like that. And also you start getting used to things. You start understanding what you need to do. The beautiful, beautiful thing about raw feeding is because it's become more mainstream. A lot of things that I used to get whole, I'm already, I'm getting ground today. So that saves me tons of time. I prefer to grind food because it stores in the freezer a lot easier. But um, but yeah, it does take some time if you don't have the right tools or if you're overthinking, which is something that I used to have a habit of doing. Yeah, there's so much that goes into this process. Okay, and actually it's not always supported by veterinarians. What do you say to that? Now, when it comes to veterinarians, I completely understand um, why they don't support raw feeding. And I try to encourage other people to show some empathy and understanding as well. I mean, if you really think about it, if the only dogs you ever see that are super sick and raw fed, then you're probably going to have an opinion about raw fed dogs. If you don't trust your clients to do the homework that they need to do and make sure that they're feeding a nutritious diet, then you may not support raw feeding. And I can completely understand that. And what I have found is whenever I meet a new veterinarian, which is actually rare nowadays, but whenever I would, and I can always tell that I'm gonna get some pushback. And it's usually like, well, you gotta be really careful. And I, and I agree, you know, just first of all, these guys went to school for what, eight years? <laughs> Right. and walked out with a tremendous amount of debt. It's like, give them the respect that they're due. And so yeah. I say, yeah, you're right. You do have to be careful. So this is why I invested in mill formulation software that I don't use to, I use it for my blog, not for my dogs, but you tell them that. I invested in mill formulation software. I am not averse to working with a nutritionist to make sure I get a diet right. I use a base mix to make sure I'm plugging any type of missing holes that might be in my dog's meals. I'm constantly educating myself. These are the books that I read that are by doctors and veterinarians. This is where I'm getting my information from. I think that a lot of times what I see on social media is people making the mistake of so-and-so said blank, so this is what I'm doing. And it's just sort of like most of the world doesn't know this person. And that is not good enough for a lot of people. I mean, it may be good enough for you, but when we're talking to a scientist, they respect data. And so I talk to them about what I'm reading and how I'm educating myself. I don't talk to them about the blogger that I'm following because right. that's not something they can get their head around. Well, and they don't know who you are. So yeah. like, they don't know that you've been doing this. And like, you say something like, oh, I'm a blogger and they're not gonna, you, you didn't go to school. So they're, they're not, they're not <laughs> okay. gonna take that seriously. <laughs> Even though you've dedicated your life to this, that doesn't translate very easily. This one's one that I actually share with many people. It's an aversion to raw meat. Yes, 
I mean, and that's not something that I have a problem with. Um, it's messy. My partner isn't a fan when I'm doing meal prep. He doesn't really want to be around, but I can understand. Um, I don't know, because it's like, I can say put on rubber gloves, but that doesn't really, if you were to tell me, I don't like snakes. And if you were to tell me, oh, well, just put on rubber gloves. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I still don't like snakes. I'm still not right. going to touch the snake. And so that was a little harder. And for people who just have an issue with raw meat, that's why um, we have pre-made and freeze-dried and dehydrated or cooked. I mean, there's so many, it doesn't have to be just raw feeding. I think that there are a lot of people out there that put out that message that raw is king and it simply is not. Not all dogs can do raw, not all people feel comfortable doing raw. And the beauty of this growing community is that there are so many different paths that we can take and still feed our dogs a healthy diet. Yes, absolutely. And actually, you just kind of alluded to this. The dogs don't seem to like it. Oh, now this one, I, I have, when someone comes to me and tells me this, they've been trying, 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 their dogs aren't into it. If it's a cat, I'm like, I'm not surprised at all. But when it's a dog, I'm always um, interested in what, you know, like what was the transition time like? How are you feeding? What are you giving to your dog? From my experience, when I very first started feeding raw, my dogs were like, I don't know what you want me to do with this because it was cold. And so I started pouring hot water over their food. And I went from, actually, I went from almost cooking their food, not all the way, but you know, cooking it to just slowly and to the point I was just pouring hot water on it, just bringing the temperature down over a time period of time. And now they're fine. They, right. they just don't care. But it could be if it's a temperature thing, then maybe that's a, a thing that you can do. Um, recently, one of my dogs stopped eating raw eggs. And so I cook eggs for him. So sometimes it's just a matter of, paying attention to your dogs and learning what they like and sometimes a dog doesn't need raw they need home cooked and this is kind of their way of saying yeah you, you're not finished with this can you <laughs> it's not done can you cook it for me and yeah for the people out there that'll say but if you cook it you kill all the nutrients slow down and think about our diet and right. the fact that we i think many of us cook everything that we eat and we're still doing good so the same as true for your dogs right and you don't have to like overcook it it doesn't have to be like you know like yeah. a hockey puck uh, yeah, exactly. you, uh, you know meatball but it could just be a little bit cooked. yeah all right the next one is this dogs don't seem to do well on it well now that one is i have not heard well that's not true i probably have heard someone whose <laughs> dogs didn't do well on it you know like they'll get diarrhea or you know some people get nervous because their dogs don't eat as much or there's a lot of things that are going on. And the trick for me is to figure out, is it a health issue? Is this something where I should be advising someone to go talk to the vet? Or is it a taste issue where the dog isn't just really getting into it? Is the person doing DIY and not meeting all the dog's nutritional needs? Um, or is a person doing a commercial raw that may be not good for their dog? So Rodrigo is a dog, he has a condition called EPI, which is exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. And basically what it means is that his pancreas doesn't produce digestive enzymes to help him digest food. So if he didn't have a digestive enzyme that I added to his food, let's sit for 20 minutes and then like, cause it pre-digests and then I can feed him, he wouldn't be doing well on a raw food diet. He actually wouldn't be doing well on any diet, but that's like an example of why a dog wouldn't be doing well because something is missing from the diet. So it's just a matter of taking a step back and thinking if your dog isn't doing well, well what are you seeing? And what in all of those things can you take care of yourself at home? So if your dog is having digestive issues, can you 
add a digestive supplement to your dog's diet or is your dog have a health issue? If your dog's skin and coat, you know, they tell us the skin and coat's going to be gloriously healthy, but your dog looks like, you know, basically a trash pail puppy. Um, <laughs> then maybe there's, are you adding omega-3 fatty acids to the diet? Or are you feeding your dog a protein that maybe your dog isn't good for? I have two dogs that can't eat chicken. So there's a lot of things to brainstorm. And then while you're doing that, it's a great time to pick up the phone. Hopefully you have a pro raw vet who can help you brainstorm that as well. Ugh, those are hard to find, <laughs> but there are, they are out there. So look for them. Okay. The last one, and I know you can have, you have a rebuttal for this, <laughs> not knowing where to start. Ah, uh, start with commercial raw. That's just the easiest, easiest way to start. That's, you know, I understand that people want to start into DIY. Commercial raw can be expensive um, and you want to just do it yourself. And if you have a friend that's local to you, um, I'm sure a lot of people can do things by the phone, but I'm like a hands-on, like, let me, let's sit down and talk this through type of person. And that's when I was able to move from commercial raw to DIY is when I sat down with someone. And this wasn't a person that was a friend. I remember her name was Pat, but I've never seen her again. <laughs> but she belongs to our local raw food co-op. And so I reached out to her because um, I found some information on her and she introduced me to the co-op. But if you belong to a raw feeding group, whether it be locally or just randomly on social media, see if you can find people who are in your area who would be willing to go offline with you and have a conversation. Because there's nothing like having someone in your corner who is going to help you get over the hurdles. Because what I found with myself is most of it was me just way overthinking everything. And a lot of people who come to me who are brand new to raw feeding, same thing, they're way overthinking everything. And there are groups and people who encourage this and it's not wrong it's just that the way they approach raw feeding is very different than the way i approach it i'm of the you know keep it simple stupid camp where i yeah. don't i don't need to have my brains eking out of my ears over feeding my dogs it has to right. be easy because honestly what were people doing before facebook came along they were feeding raw without going crazy so yeah. i want to do what they're doing <laughs> that's true it makes so much sense you want to keep it simple because if not, it, otherwise it's not sustainable and yeah exactly. most people are scared that they're going to be the ones taking their raw fed dog to the vet with some kind of terrible illness and that mm -hmm. they're going to be like guilty of like whatever it is that they did wrong what are the chances of that actually happening well there's a chance of it happening i think you know for instance i've seen people who only fed ground beef like or like i'm gonna only feed ground beef and chicken livers and it's like mm, so your dog is missing a lot in that diet and if someone isn't willing to take the steps to just get a basic diet i mean ah there if you have to do diy because for some people commercial raw just isn't a possibility if you have to do diy pay for one recipe um the website planet pause i think it's planetpause.ca because a canadian they have um, recipes that are i think 2.99 each all different types of proteins and then you can also hire a meal formulator to help you with a recipe the bonus of working with a meal formulator is that you can tell them my dog can't have these ingredients these things are really hard for me to find this is what i this is the bubble that i can stay within and then they can use that to build a recipe for you and um and so that's a way to get started but just get started with one recipe don't worry about my dog is going to get bored if you were coming from kibble <laughs> that ship has sailed your, <laughs> your dog will be happy to have a different yes. food and so just do that and then 
as you get comfortable, switch up a protein. You know, so if the main protein is turkey, change it to beef in a few weeks and see how your dog does. I mean, yes, ultimately the recipe should alternate, but if you're brand new, I mean, in my experience, for the first two years, I wasn't doing it right. And my dogs are fine. It, you know, you learn and you grow, but it's mostly about gaining the confidence that you can do this. Because eight years ago, I was a basket case when it came to raw feeding. And then one day, I just didn't think about it anymore. It became similar. I would just turn on my Kindle and turn on YouTube and let it play. And I'd watch videos and work and then I'm done and put it in the freezer and go about my day. So right. we'll get there. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is I will say this. I was feeding my dogs a DIY raw, like where I'm, it was, a, I bought the, the mix, the base mix and I bought the beef and I, or whatever protein. And I mixed it all together with eggs and blah, blah, blah. And because I had my first born, we decided to put them on like some commercial food. It wasn't raw, but it was commercial food. And we got it at sprouts here. And, you know, it was a pretty good food. Our dogs ended up at the vet because they weren't processing that food. It was a commercial food. It was highly rated. Chewy had five stars all over the place. My dogs, for whatever reason, I, it was coming out the same way it went in. It was just not working for them. And our vet said to us, they look really thin. And it was four dogs and all of them just looked like emaciated. And of course, like at this point, we're like feeding them more of it, thinking it was like under, we were under feeding them. It's not helping. She immediately told us to change the food. And she said, don't take them out too much. They might call animal control. Teasing us. <laughs> teasing us, but still she was joking, but still we felt so guilty. So, I mean, the possibility that you mess up is there. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. And, and I mean, the dog food recalls, we can't even get into that because that's a whole other conversation. I've learned to pay attention to my dogs and listen to my dogs. I mean, yes. years ago, if my dogs wouldn't eat a meal, I would sit there and spoon feed them or I do these <laughs> things. But now it's like if someone, because my dogs aren't picky dogs, but if one day a dog is picky, it's like, oh, what's going on? So when Rodrigo ate around the egg, it's like he did that a couple of times. So I started cooking the egg and he ate it right up. Boom. We're, we're good. If I put chicken in front of Rodrigo or scout, they'll just sit down in front of their bowl. They will not eat chicken. I can cook it and they'll eat it, but I, they will not eat it raw. And it's just wow. sometimes I think a lot of times we look at dogs, this behavior as picky. And now I know that there are some insanely picky dogs out there, but in some cases it's our dog trying to communicate to us that something isn't working and it's up to us to pay attention and, you know, and make adjustments. Yes, absolutely. What speaking of eggs, my firstborn, my son would not eat eggs. We were doing baby led weaning. We were supposed to introduce all sorts of things. Don't worry about allergens, introduce foods. Cause the earlier you introduce them, the better. And you would mm -hmm. always avoid eggs. And guess what? He has an egg allergy. So yes, listen yes, to listen, them. Pay attention. They're the dogs, the babies, they're more in tune with their bodies than we yeah. are. Right. And so exactly. they recognize what works for them and what doesn't we need to listen. Okay. So how did you end up raw feeding your dogs? Like from one uh, day to the next, you just went from kibble to raw. <laughs> well, no, I actually went from kibble to hybrid to raw. And okay. it was after three years of just dealing with a sick dog. Rodrigo was constantly in and out of the vet and the vet didn't know anything beyond prescribing another antibiotic. And at the time I didn't even understand the connection between the antibiotic and what it does to the gut bacteria and gut health. And um, I do today, but right. at then, you know, we all do the best we can with what we have and we trust our vets, which is important. We should trust our vets, but just like with attorneys and doctors 
and everything else, there are some people that, you know, this isn't a good vet for me and for my goals. And so I had to find a new vet. But during all of this, I was blogging and I kept hearing within the community people talking about raw feeding. And so, and then friends of ours, we went to dinner with some friends and they were talking about raw feeding and just raving about it. And so I was like, well, maybe I should look into this and um, gave my friend, um, Dr. Kathy Alanovi, name drop. Um, <laughs> she is a veterinarian that I met as a blogger because she would become a source. She and Dr. Judy Morgan were sources for a lot of my early blog posts. And I reached out to Kathy and she helped me. She did a consultation with me and helped me get started. And over the years, I've reached out to her and Dr. Morgan over different things. But yeah, it was just a matter of, and talking to friends. I met one of my dearest friends who lives in Florida, um, Tina, another name drop. And she was, <laughs> she was starting raw feeding around the same time I was. And our dogs had similar health issues. So, you know, we started texting and messaging back and forth to figure out, okay, this is what I found. Hey, I read this article because at the time there wasn't a lot out there about raw feeding. There were like these random small sites. And then occasionally this big messages of don't do it. It's going right. to kill your dog. And so we were just like, I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, ultimately it was because I had a sick dog. Yeah. But that's a motivation for a lot of people I hear. Yeah. 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 Well, I actually was under the impression that you started blogging about raw feeding. So what exactly were you blogging about before? <laughs> this is so embarrassing, but I don't mind saying it because it's so important <laughs> because I think that many of us fall victim of this on social media. I started my blog for three reasons. One, I wanted to write about dog rescue. I also wanted to write about reputable breeding. I wanted to write about raising litter mates and how to do it properly. And I can't remember what the fourth thing was. I think I just wanted to write off, you know, just write about my puppies. But those are the topics I wanted to cover on my blog. I didn't know anything about rescue beyond we had rescued two litter mate puppies. I didn't know anything about breeding beyond knowing one breeder because I was trying to figure out what breed mix Rodrigo was without paying for DNA testing. <laughs> and um, I didn't know anything about how to train or raise litter mates other than the fact that we went and worked with a dog trainer and we had a good experience with our litter mates. I was a person who was writing about stuff that she had no business writing about. And um, it wasn't a year, it was probably like six or seven months into raw feeding. I was writing, I was doing a campaign for Hills Science Diet. Yeah, they paid me $1,500 to write wow. three blog posts about Hills, promoting Hills Science Diet. And during that time, I, got, I used to be on Twitter. I still am, but I don't really use it. But back then, man, these people were coming for me. And just like, they weren't mean. They were just sort of like, you really need to look into this food. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. Not yeah. everyone can feed raw. Da, 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 da. And I was like defending this brand to my dying death. <laughs> and, How um, times and, change. <laughs> and someone um, reached out to me and they were like, you know, I'm not you know, not shaming you for making some money, make your coin. But I was wondering if you could write more about raw feeding, because I think you feed raw. And I was afraid to write about raw feeding because I didn't think I thought I would lose my followers. I didn't think people would read it, but um, I was absolutely wrong. And I wish I knew the name of the person who asked that question, because I would go back and say thank you, because right. that question changed everything for Keep the Tail Wagging. That is amazing. Okay, well, I need to take a break. Okay. We're going to have to go to a commercial break. And then I'm going to ask you about some changes you're about to be making. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. 
take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I am speaking to Kimberly Gautier, the creator behind Keep the Tail Wagging. And I want to play a second game with you, and I'm going to put okay. you in the hot seat, Kimberly. All righty. So I like to do this. I like to phone it in sometimes and put it all on my guest. I am going to ask you, well, we're going to play a game called Keep the Tail Wagging. <laughs> and I'm going to give you one minute on my handy-dandy clock here, and I'm going to ask you to tell me some ways that you think pet parents can easily make like some little changes or little additions pet parents can make so that they can keep their dogs tails wagging. Oh, good Lord. It okay. could be any, it could be literally anything. It could okay. be talking to them nicely. It could be anything. Okay. okay. Ready? All right. Three, let's do two, one. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is start adding fresh food to the bowl. I don't care what you feed, add fresh food to the bowl. You can Google it. There's tons of information out there. Um, what you said, talking to your dogs. I talk to my dogs all the time. Take them outside more than once a day and not just to throw them into the backyard. Actually take them for walks and runs. I play with my dogs at least three times a day. It makes for a happier evening in our home when we do this. Um, hire like a dog walker because not only are you giving someone business, but sometimes our dogs want to be with someone else and hang out with someone else. We have a dog walker. Our dogs go crazy for them. Um, play games in the house. You can play hide and go seek. You can play um, fetch and find. You can just grab balls and bounce them and play with the dogs. Allow them to have a period of time where they can bark and be free and just be dogs. Um, when you go and get dog treats, go for single ingredient protein treats rather than the cookies because that way you can control what's going into your dog's system and you reduce the stance of um, allergens or anything like that. Keep your dog's water fresh, change it every day. Wash those bowls, no matter what you feed, wash the bowls every day. And how much time do I have? I'm you are, you're over, but you're doing so well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, this is the longest <laughs> minute ever. <laughs> you're done, you're done, you're done. Okay, awesome job. That was really good. I love those suggestions because they're really very simple, but they make a huge difference. All right, so second part of the interview, I want to get into some changes you're making. So you wrote a book I for did. novices, yes. Oh, there it is. It's called A Novice's Guide to Raw Feeding for Dogs. Yes. What is the motivation for rewriting it? Um, I published this book, I believe it was 2017. 
And so it's been four years and so much has changed since I published this book. The way I feed my dogs has changed. I've lost a dog to cancer. I have a dog right now who's living with cancer. I have a geriatric dog now. So raising dogs with illnesses or that are aging, it changes the way you feed them. And so I have a lot more that I can add to it. I've also seen a shift in the community where the community, when I first started feeding raw, it really was about keeping it easy, keeping it um, simple. Whereas now it's more about meeting all your dog's macro and micronutrients and you need to balance, balance, balance. And people get angry with me when I'm just sort of like, all right. <laughs> and I have just a different way of approaching how to feed my dogs. And I'm able to do it while still meeting their nutritional needs. And so I want to add all of that to the book. Um, also, I'm getting emails from people who are taking things like, for instance, I posted a picture, I posted a picture of a new raw food brand, and the food was in plastic. And someone was like, I wonder what that plastic is made out of. And I was like, plastic? Hey, wait, plastic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people are I think, and I understand it, we're afraid. I mean, even I have had to really work on my emotional response to things after having lost a dog to cancer. It makes you afraid, but I don't think it needs to be. I don't think we need to put our dogs in a bubble to keep them safe. Right. I think there are small changes we can make that will extend their lives. And I just want to share what I've learned today. That's awesome. So I, I did tell you that I, um, I binged your YouTube channel this week. And uh, I'm actually going to ask you a question you asked one of your guests. Um, oh, okay. What did you used to believe about raw feeding that you no longer believe? Oh, my God. Ah, simple. I actually used to believe that if I fed raw, my dogs would never get sick. Hmm. I thought that just the act of me feeding a raw food diet would extend my dog's lives, improve the quality of their lives, and that basically I wouldn't have to worry about cancer or any type of autoimmune illness because I'm feeding fresh food. And now I know that that's not true. That is not true for any of us. Like we could mm -hmm. literally eat perfectly every day. I think about that with my children too, when they want to, you know, just eat like snacks all the time. And I'm like, I can't control everything. Not everything is going to turn out the way that I want it to. And sometimes, you know, there are other factors, right? Like there's the water and there's the environment and there's whatever there's is put DNA. on the grass outside and your yeah. DNA. Exactly. And there's so many things that we can't, and, and we all have heard stories of someone who smoked and drank and ate horrible food all their lives and lived till they were 99. And then the yes. other person who ran marathons and was a vegan and mm -hmm. never put toxic things in their body and they dropped dead of a heart attack at 40. So correct. I mean, I it's mean, just keeping everything into perspective is important. For sure. For sure. And you know, balancing you've been writing about raw feeding for eight and a half years. Yeah. How has it evolved in eight and a half years? Like tremendously, I imagine. We have more brands. There are so many brands. I mean, I'm constantly hearing from people who are, you know, either reach out to me because they're interested in starting a raw food brand or they just started one. So they want to talk to me about it, see if I will promote it. I get offers for people to send me food to review. I always turn people down. I hate reviewing food. But, you know, there's more variety out there. You know, yeah. I see butchers who now have, food, not only for humans, but a section for pets. And it's like everyone is taking advantage of this great opportunity because there's a market out there. And the other thing is because there's a market out there, it's given rise to people to educate themselves and get, get you know, certifications and 
animal nutrition and other topics, but I see people offering uh, meal formulation services, nutritional services, um, just everything around the whole diet thing. People are starting their own raw food co-ops, you know, starting groups that just help people. I see people starting offering courses where they'll either coach you in raw feeding or there's um, a friend of mine offers a boot camp and but I'm seeing just a, an entire community. It's it's easy to actually get smothered by this community because you're so surrounded by everything raw that when you step outside of it, you're shocked because the majority of the world still doesn't understand about raw feeding. And it's kind of weird when someone's like, you do what? And I'm like, what do you, you don't, you never heard of raw feeding? <laughs> because I just assume that everyone's, I mean, because you see the freezers, I'm seeing pet stores with walls of freezers. And where I live, there was a pet store that she bought the space next to her or leased a space next to her. And it's an entire raw food space. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the community is, is pretty amazing. And it, it's been interesting. It's also become a kinder community, which um, I never thought I would see happen. As I'm going through my blog and cleaning up old posts, I have content on, you know, just basically how to survive in the toxic environment of a raw feeding group, because they used to be so harsh. I used to get kicked out of raw feeding groups, and it became <laughs> a joke. It was just like, well, I'm going to try and join a raw feeding group, guys. Let's see how long I could. I mean, I would get calls from people that say, so did, did you, did they, did you leave the group or did they kick you out? Cause I'm, I'm your, your profile is gray now. And I'm like, let me go check. They kicked me out. Uh -oh. <laughs> like, if you it. aren't aware, they kicked you out for sure. I mean, I was constantly <laughs> being kicked out of group. I mean, it was ridiculous, but today it's more of a, I mean, people, there are people who don't get along. I mean, there's always going to be that there's, you can't get away from it. But for the most part, if you ask a question, you're going to get 30 or 50 people coming through trying to help you. And um, something that maybe can feel overwhelming and a bit combative because people are so passionate about it, I've learned to just appreciate because the more people I have helping me as I'm trying to figure something out, the better it is. I don't have to listen to everyone. I don't have to follow everyone's advice. But a lot of times when everyone's doing like this mind meld of why is this, this dog have diarrhea when nothing else is wrong? <laughs> Someone will come through and go, oh my gosh, my dog ate that exact same brand and he had diarrhea too. And it's like, oh, it's the food. Okay, good to know. And and because I've had that with Rodrigo where there were certain brands that he simply could not eat for whatever reason. Right. It just wasn't a good fit for him. But right. when I was new to raw, I didn't, I didn't think that that was a possibility. It's like, what do you mean? It's just raw. But, right. you know, there's something about it. He just can't tolerate. Well, do you have a group on Facebook? I do. Okay. Tell me about your group. Keep the tail wagging. Um, that's my blog. So I have the Facebook page, but I created a group either last year or this year. I can't remember. This is probably like my fifth group. And I think <laughs> I got it right this time. Yay! Because, um, instead of it being a free for all group where we're all just talking, which can be for me, it's just overwhelming and I can't keep up with anything. Right. I made it a group where we're going to have discussion topics twice a week. So an example would be um, tomatoes and like some people feed their dogs tomatoes. Other people are like, nope, those are the nightshade family. They're not supposed to be fed to dogs and just having a conversation about it. And I love it. I mean, like I stopped spending time in other groups because I love my group so much because I'm, it feels like I have a group of, I don't know if it's at a thousand yet or not, but of people 
who are, I mean, we're just thinking. And it's one of those where I feed tomatoes, but I do this, or I'm concerned about tomatoes because I'm concerned about this and this. And it's all of us are talking and it's giving us things that we didn't think about. Like, oh, I didn't think about that. And that's what I love about my group. I think that, you know, I just come up with a topic where I just go, let's talk about blank. And I just put in my thoughts and then we all just start talking about it. And it's just like, I think the last conversation was um, slowdown, supply chain slowdowns. And it's like, what are you doing? How are you stocking up? And I gave, wow. you know, this is what my plan is. And since things are slowing down and because of COVID, some of the companies I bought products from that I needed closed. So now I found everything that I need. Now I'm going to buy six months of the supplements that my dogs have to have. So the, um, the supplement that Rodrigo needs for his EPI, I'm going to buy six months of that right? so that I always have it on hand. So if anything happens to that company, I still have plenty on hand and then I can find an alternative. Gosh, COVID really has put a rent in everything. It has. All right. So I cannot say enough good things about your blog. I cannot say enough good things about your social media. I've been following you for years. I'm super excited to have to like have finally been able to like meet you in person how can our audience learn more about you? Where can they find you? And what do you offer other than the awesome content? What can they go to you for? Well, I consider myself, it's funny because a friend of mine started a blog several years ago, years ago called The Lazy Raw Feeder. And I was just like, ah, I want that blog. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of how I see myself. I mean, maybe I'm not lazy, but I try to keep everything basic. I mean, my book is called A Novice's Guide because I consider myself a novice. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not um, a milk formulator. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm just a dog mom who's passionate about feeding her dogs fresh food. I've seen the benefits and I want to keep at it. And I like to share what I'm doing. You know, initially I started sharing simply because I'm figuring this out so you guys can figure it out too. And actually that's how Rodney and I met, um, Rodney Habib. Um, that's how he and I met was because he was starting that journey around that time as well. But um, it's one of those where we want to, I want to just show people that there is an easy way. I get people who come to me who are panicked and freaking out. And before we started recording, we talked about, you know, um, I have to record myself doing a meal prep simply because people don't believe me when I tell them how easy it is. I mean, it's so easy. And I want to be able to just show people, no, this is really easy. It's not complicated. I don't use calculators or software or spreadsheets. I just get in the kitchen, make some food, put it in the freezer and go about my day. I loved, I, I just, one of my favorite videos is something you actually, it was in black and white and you just posted it a few months ago and you were basically talking about the balance over time. There's a lot of like terms that I like were inundated with this week and you made such good points and you're so feisty about it and you're all, you know, like getting all, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like sassy about it. And you're like, well, I don't care if that's what you think. That's what I think. And I, you know, and you make it, but you do make it, you make it so that it's accessible. You make it so that it's not overcomplicated. And that's when you get sassy, it's to be like, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it this way, but this is what works for me. And I love that because it's going to resonate with people like me. I'm a very practical person. If you tell me that I have to like do all these things, like I'm going to say no, even before I even try it, mm -hmm. because it sounds like it's completely unattainable. Right. So the way you break it down is so accessible, which I think is why people resonate with you. So thank, thank you. you. That's what's so important to me is that it, it needs, I don't want people to feel like they can't 
feed their dogs a healthier diet because it's too expensive, it's too complicated, it's too time consuming. I think our lives are already too expensive, too complicated, and too time consuming. So to add more on top of people's plate, they're just going to shut you down. But if you show them that actually no, this will just add a few more dollars to your budget and maybe 15 minutes of your time, then they can get their head around that. And I just want to be that person in the community that's sharing that way. It doesn't mean you have to follow me. It just means that there is an alternative. No, but you really do. You have to follow her. You have to (laughs) subscribe to her. (laughs) You have to, you have to, because you get, and you, you don't just talk. And that's the good thing about it too. Like I don't feed my dogs raw right now, but you share much more than that. It's not just that it's not just about meal plans. It's not just about balance over time. It's not just about things like that. It's about the CBD oil that you like. I listened to one of your podcasts that was about domestic violence survivors and, and psychological support uh, dogs or animals. So there's so much variety that you share. And I I'm, I'm a fan and I'm so grateful that you took the time. So I just want to propose a toast to you for being on the show, for being my (laughs) guest and for being so amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> what what just happened? Did you hear that? Your TV is toasting to you as well. I know, my TV was like, yay, Kimberly. And it's like, damn right. <laughs> damn right. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, please follow me. You can find me on Facebook as Keep the Tail Wagging. I'm sure you can find me on YouTube as Keep the Tail Wagging. I don't know if it's my name or Keep the No, Tell it's your name. It's your name. It's Kimberly Gautier. And I will put all of the links I'll put all the links in the video description. It'll be all there. Someone stole Keep the Tail Wagging on Instagram years ago. So I'm dog blogger life on Instagram. (laughs) All right. Well, I will put all the links so that people know where to find you. Absolutely. And I also want to propose a toast before we wrap up to my executive producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. And to our audience, thank you for listening to us on Pet Life Radio and watching on YouTube. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there is no better way to live. Cheers. Ching, ching. (laughs) All right. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. And make sure you subscribe to Covered in Pet Hair and to Kimberly Gautier. Hit the notification bell. Hit like on this video. Make sure the YouTube algorithm gives us some love. And thank you again for watching. We'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.